Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how we use movement assessments. We talk about uh, hip flexors and if they are truly tight. And we talk about cookie cutter approaches in physical therapy. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 9 of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Um, I'm here with um, my co-owner, champion, director of PT, Lenny Macrina. Thank you, Mike. Nice. <laughs> Great at, to be here. At LenMac PT. <laughs> at LenMac PT. Yeah. On Twitter. That's Lenny's Twitter hash. Not Twitter handle. User, handle, username. Yeah. Coolness. Gabe, Gabe is also here. So our PT student, the Gabinator, is uh, here for this episode, as always, because we make him. He really doesn't have a choice. But, um, Gabe, you're on Twitter now, right? I am. Yeah. Just joined the revolution. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think so far? Um, it's pretty good. I, I've been seeing a lot of good stuff coming out there. I mainly follow a lot of uh, strength coaches, a lot of physical therapists. I tend to like avoid the Kanye West and like the Kim Kardashians of the world. But so entertaining, though. PTs I mean, are so boring. Do you follow them? No. <laughs> I yeah. I, I, mine, I just, I, I, I like Twitter to get information. I, get I in, get out. Yeah. I, I even got like I think even the sports was too much. I started getting inundated with too much stuff. Yeah. You know, there's just too much. I want I don't know. It's too much. That anybody that's uh, that's doing six tweets an hour is just killing my timeline. But yeah. anyway, but um, anyway, all right. Let's get rolling. You want to do, do some questions? All right. all right, Gabe. First one comes from John in Newcastle. John asks, "What is your stance?" Newcastle. I like Newcastle. Oh, sorry. That's brown, the brown ale? That's a, yeah, that's, you know, that's always like, red Len, brown. Lenny like brown ale. I, don't, that's, <laughs> I knew that about Lenny. We know each other. <laughs> Len, what do I like? You like IPAs. Nice. All right. This could be good. What kind of IPA? Like Stone IPA or uh, the, I can't think of the name right now. I'm choking. Yeah. West Coast. Yeah. Well, like yeah Lagunitas. Yes. Firestone. Yes. Those, are, those are my good ones. Yes. That's my favorite there. Gabe, what do you like? Um... Any kind of beer, really. <laughs> Bud-heavy. Yeah, he's in college. <laughs> he's like, you don't really have a choice. That's all right. Um, if you're a minor, I would, I would, I yeah, would, I would not listen. Going to be 21 or yeah. over. All right, good. All right. John asks, "What is your stance on movement screen?" <laughs> you just added a little flair to the question, then. John asks, "That's going to be your, that's going to be your thing now." All right. Start. Do it again. Uh, what is your stance on no, movement No, no, say screen? John asks again. John asks. <laughs> <laughs> what is your stance on movement screening as a tool to help in the classification of an individual's physical health? And what are, and what method do you use to prefer or prefer, i.e. SFMA, physiotherapist, self-made one, etc.? Thanks. All right, so, all right, so let's, let's keep on topic with his question here. What, what, do we, what do we use for a movement system but to determine health? So not function because you know there's stuff like the FMS, the NASM has a good one, um, you know as well for like a, a movement screen if you're trying to set somebody up on a program. But if you're talking about for health, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and speak for Lenny, but I'll let him elaborate too. But I think we're we're both SFMA trained. Um, I've been to a bunch of SFMA courses. I think I've been I've seen Greg Rose, I've seen Mike Voigt teach it. Um, 
Um, I've seen Kyle teach. I think I've seen everybody teach it just because I, you know, I, you know, they come through Boston and I like to go to the courses. So I've done a bunch of SFMA and, and um, you know, good friends with people like, you know, Mike Boyd and stuff. So when we speak at meetings, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm always I'm impressed with what they've done with some of those movement things. But, you know, it's, it's I would say we use the SFMA, but I would say that um, we're never locked into one system. And depending on the person in front of us, we may kind of change that a little bit. So with like baseball players, we treat a ton of baseball players. So, we, you know, we may do a couple of baseball specific things too. Uh, with a golfer, we do some specific golf things. With, with just a normal orthopedic person, we might just do a standard SFMA. Um, you know, but, but we look at that, but then we also do a bunch of other stuff. But that being said, you know, we've been doing this for a while, right? So if you're young and you're new and you're just learning, like start with something like SFMA because it covers the basics, it covers everything. And then as you start to see patterns emerge and you start to see things in your practice, then you can kind of change and you can kind of go from there. Um, if you're a fitness person, I mean, there's there's plenty of screens out there. I think FMS is fantastic. I think um, you know Cressy Robertson and Hartman's Assessment Correct is is a good resource as well for you to check out. Um, but you know, I mean, there, there's there's plenty of things out there. But so uh, Lens SFMA TPI certified as well. I mean, what what are your thoughts on these things? Yeah, I completely agree with most of what you said. Um, I think just not getting locked in to one, and that's that's your that's it. I think you need to, because if you may have somebody in front of you who you're using an SFMA on or an FMS, whatever you're using, but you don't get their history, and then maybe they did play baseball growing up, and you start doing testing, and you're looking like, what can they reach and all that, and they fail. You're like, oh, you failed. You're a one or whatever you're going to rate them at, but... Nobody fails. You fail. I'm sorry, yes. You, you end up with a one, your score is low, and you're like, all right, got a crank on you. Maybe it's an anatomy thing. Maybe it's a, a bony thing, and they develop that over the over the years. So you got to pull that out in their history. Um, but I tend to lean on SFMA. To me, it's a very uh, logical and simplistic version, and it breaks all the joints down. It kind of keeps things um, just kind of rolling along as I do my assessment. I'm just locked on one particular joint. It allows me to look above and below and, and kind of break each joint down individually. So I, I, again, every, every, every one of these tests has their flaws, but I, I like to keep it simple and then use this as as my base and then go break out from there. And I'm always envious of like the students that come from like Belmont University where Mike Voigt's one of the professors and stuff. I mean, they learn this as part of their curriculum and I think that's, it's an outstanding yeah. kind of baseline. Yeah. Um, Gabe, what are you guys doing in school for movement skills? We briefly touched on the FMS. We didn't really go into the SFMA and that kind of is like depending on what your clinical rotation's like. I know with my first rotation that I was big on, well my see I was big on like the FMS and the SFMA so I got a little bit of that when I was going through that curriculum. Good, so you got it on your clinical. Yeah, I wish they did more in, in, the, in the curriculums but uh, we'll get there I guess. So, Alright, what's next Gabe? Alright, this next question comes from Atlanta, Georgia so definitely I like the representation. Gabe Here's likes your neck the, of the woods. Gabe likes this one already. That's, that's my vote. Like, this is the next question is from Gabe. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, this is from uh, Will Bolt. Will asks, "Do we overstretch the hip flexors? It seems like they're always implicated in postural issues, but it usually is an issue of stiffness or hypertonicity." I, I definitely think we overstretch the hip flexors, and I actually think 
uh, the majority of time we stretch the hip flexors, we're not really stretching the hip flexors. We're torquing the anterior capsule, we're arching the low back because y you don't have hip extension mobility. So, you know, some of those like pulse mobs into the wall and stuff like that, I just, I, I think they're more counterproductive than they are helpful. So that's why we, um, you know, I get a bunch of videos on my website, but we talk about what we call the true hip flexor stretch quite a bit, where you kind of like a little bit more kind of like a rec posture and you work more on that posterior tilt than you do kind of leaning forward to stretch in for the hip flexor. So I definitely think we, we do it too much. Um, I, I do think we're short, and I think it's posturally short from, you know, the positions we're in. But that's, that's a tough muscle to just think that just stretching it is, is, is going to do enough. And, and maybe it's so tight we have to go crazy stretching. I, I, it's, that's one of those, those areas I think we do more damage than, than good by overstretching. Yeah, I, mean, I would think if it is truly tight, which maybe it is, but why is it a re is it tight? because of what's going on on the other side of the joint. Do we have glutes that are um, that are not firing? I don't want to say firing. Kill that. Cut that. I want to say glutes that are not um, uh, activated as well. Look at Tiger Woods. He couldn't activate his glutes. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, think, I think we need to take a full approach. Look at the hamstrings. Look at the glutes. Look at the lumbar spine, lumbar extensors, and see what are they doing in relation to the hip flexors. What's the person doing all day long? Because maybe we can get that tone to relax slightly with getting muscles activated on the other side of the joint. So there's a reciprocal inhibition that goes on, um, and that could be playing a role as well. So the, the hip flexors are tight for a reason. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think it goes back to the question. The hypertonicity is, is, is part of it. And again, that comes down yeah. to how the, everything else functions together. So we, we do do some like true hip flexor stretching, but we're not aggressive with it. Uh, we do it a little bit, but we do it within an integrated fashion where we address all the other aspects that Lenny kind of alluded to. And, and that's when they get better. I think if you're just jamming it into hip extension, I think you're, you make your symptoms worse. Yeah. So All right, Dave, what's next? One Thank more, you. right? One more? Yeah, last one. This one comes from Adrian from Mesa, Arizona. What is your advice to PT students on rotation that have clinical instructors that have cookie-cutter ways of treating patients? Oh, I like uh, that. Is she, is she a student? I'm assuming so. So she's a student. What's your advice on clinical instructors that have cookie-cutter approaches? God, I would not want to be her CI I right hope your CI is listening, right? Maybe they probably aren't, though, right? I think that's her, that's her that's point. That's why they do a cookie-cutter. <laughs> I think that's her point. Um, heck, I mean, yeah, I, I get cookie-cutters. I get, I mean, I get it. It's, uh, you know, everything you come across in life is a learning opportunity. You learn how you want to do things and how you don't want to do things, and you put it together to become you. So I think everything is a good learning opportunity. Um, you know, the fact that you've already identified that they seem to be doing too much cookie cutter, that's fine. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's not to sound weird, but not that I think cookie cutters are okay sometimes, but you know, we have, you know, if you come, if you come and you present with a certain thing, we have a few go-to things that we tend to do. I, I don't know if you would call that cookie cutter. I mean, Gabe, do you think we cook cookie cutter things here? No, it's all like based upon what the patient presents with. Yes, we would have failed him from <laughs> right. If he said but <laughs> you see a lot of overlap, so it may appear cookie cutter to you right now. But you do see a lot of overlap of people that have very common issues of cuff weakness, if it's a shoulder or a scapular weakness or postural dysfunction. So there's a lot of go-to exercises that you can use, and you will end up 
potentially creating a little cookie cutter yourself. That's a the connotation's negative, and I you don't want to think of it like that. But there are a lot of fundamental issues that most people do have. I, I, well said. I mean, I, I I you know give give your CI a little credit. Maybe like maybe they're not as cookie cutter as you think. You know, maybe you're being a little too critical for them. I think Lenny yeah. isolated that well. If you were to come here, we talk about this with Gabe now. Like we're you know we do a lot of we, you know, we treat as many healthy people as we do injured people, which is a little different for PT. I mean, we kind of call it performance therapy sometimes, but if you're coming here to optimize yourself, so let's say you're you know, a hockey athlete or a football athlete, let's say your football will make it easy, and you're coming and working with us in the summer to get ready for football season, we might be doing similar drills with everybody because they're all one month uh, away from their season, if that makes sense. So is that cookie cutter? I don't, I don't mean maybe. I mean, everybody does get an individualized flair, but there's a lot of similarity because it's July and they're about to play football in a month. Right. So, um, you know, not to defend your CI, I think your brain's in the right place with what, yeah, what, what, you're, what you're thinking here. Um, but, you know, you definitely don't want to be, be, be good, but yeah, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying. You know, but again, take it as a learning opportunity. I think you already have, like, for you, challenge yourself not to be cookie cutter. Right. Remember what your CI is doing for cookie cutter stuff because you may use that and then build upon that, you know? Right. And, and I guess don't get complacent. Right. Which maybe that's what's happening too, but don't get complacent and just assume that, you know, just, you know, I, there was a study back with the APTA one about uh, back in the day, it was probably like 15, 20 years ago, becoming an expert clinician. And what they found was that, you know, you create these algorithms in your head. So they present with one thing. So, you know, to look at these three things, which then tell you to do these four things or something like that. But the problem with that is sometimes you're a little biased and then you get stuck in your way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say just be careful with that. Don't get biased and, and just make the person look how you want them to look, I guess. I don't know. I guess we could, we could talk about Very this a lot. common in medicine, definitely. Yeah, you know, having them fit into your cookie cutter, yeah, not just the other way around. <laughs> right. but. No, good question, good question. Is that it, Gabe? That was it. That was it for today. So, awesome. What was That was nine? Nine, right? So nine. Nice, awesome. Ep- episode nine, all done. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, help us spread the word. Maybe share this a little bit on uh, social media. Tell your friends to uh, to join us and subscribe. And uh, more importantly, ask us questions. So MikeReynolds.com slash podcast. Uh, use the hashtag AskMikeReynolds on Twitter. And uh, we'll, we'll answer your questions too. So thanks so much. Thanks for being a part of us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.